You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. Yes, it is time for another edition of Scatter Shooting on this cold, cold day. Not icy yet, but maybe coming up. I do have my colors on today because it is Bedlam in Norman tonight. And you are? Jeremy Griffin. Hi there. Hi. Uh... Yes, we're Bedlam we're gonna, tonight, huh? Bedlam men's basketball. Uh, it looks like the bad weather is going to stay away uh, uh, for a while this evening. There were some thoughts earlier that they might have to postpone the Oof. game or something if, if it had started freezing rain and all that stuff uh, earlier today, which was the forecast yesterday or the day before, whatever it was. But we had uh, some dry air has moved in. And so now it's going to be into the evening, it looks like, before we get any precipitation making it all the way to the ground. And it would come in the form of free rain, and then it would hit the freezing ground, the frozen ground and would become freezing rain. So that will come in probably this evening, although there is a chance that it might not happen at all. Because right. the atmosphere is so dry here. Down across the Red River in Tejas. Yeah. There we go. There's the current radar. A lot of uh, snow, sleet, freezing, rain, all of that. We are located right about here. <clears throat> yes. For those and, who are uh, watching the show. And it's national. coming up from, uh, we've had, had winter storm warnings all the way down to the uh, Rio Grande River. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend like I'm a, a, a newscaster. Oh, there you go. Picture. <laughs> That's good. I like that. And uh, so there's been all kinds of travel disruptions, all kinds of wrecks, power outages, DFW Airport, Love Field in Dallas, all kinds of flight cancellations, uh, also in Austin and San Antonio. And, you know, it's been a mess down yeah. there. But really, it's been pretty darn good uh, here in Oklahoma City. I have more ice in my refrigerator than we have uh, around here. Well, that's true. Which uh, is It's interesting is good. how it's kind of just dissipated in spite of the fact that it hasn't gotten above freezing. Right. And uh, some, of that, thing. some of that has to do with the dryness of the atmosphere. Right, sucking it up. And uh, so, sure. you know, some of the... Because you're right, we've not gotten above freezing. And we had some ice and sleet on uh, Monday. Some of that's still around. But it's kind of evaporated because of the uh, lack of moisture in the uh, atmosphere. <clears throat> and so that certainly happens, and it has this time. So we'll see what uh, ends up happening. But hopefully it won't get too bad tonight. But maybe we'll have some move in tonight, overnight. So if you're watching us live, we're going to watch this later today. May have some travel issues early <clears throat> in the morning for the morning uh, rush, yeah. so to speak. But then... By 10 o'clock or so tomorrow morning, we should be back up above freezing, and that'll be it. We'll be in the 60s by Sunday and Monday. mid six, almost 70, I think, on Monday. <laughs> it's Oklahoma, baby. Yes. That's how we roll. This time of year, the weather in Oklahoma, really almost any time of year, the weather in Oklahoma can be a bit psychotic. Yeah. Yeah, I say to people, we have two seasons, hot and cold, mm -hmm. and they do not run concurrent. Mm, right <laughs> right they kind of all mix in there right kind of all mix in there yeah it's kind of weird so i was listening to my boy tim pool last night kind of an interesting mm. show last night because um you know for the last couple of weeks there's not been just a whole lot of new revelation just additional pieces to old revelation and and uh you know he was just the title of his show i thought was interesting that's why i wanted to bring it up to you okay it said uh, in, in the description of the title, uh, in the description, it said something to the effect of the planned demolition of the United States. Controlled, sorry, not planned. Controlled demolition of the United States. I thought a lot about that. Uh -huh. And I think I might, I might be buying into it. I mean, well, I, obviously, I know that, you know, I have no optimism, but, but right. the, the, the idea that it's intentional... And that it's controlled and it's piece by piece. I, I like that analogy. Well, and we've kind of talked about this before, that 
despite <clears throat> what Ron White says, people are stupid and you right. can't fix stupid, which I certainly agree with. But you can't tell me that we have that many stupid people, extremely stupid people mm -hmm. running things. Now, I'm sure we have a lot, but, you know, so it would seem to me that it has been planned, that this has been their, their uh, plan yeah. all, all along. Because you're, you know, and you just, I'm just like, like today, there's hearings going on in Congress over in the house because the republicans are uh, running things in the house and they're having a uh, a hearing on the border crisis in fact the name of the hearing is biden's border crisis and of course the democrats are all butthurt because they're calling it that and so you hear the re the republican you know and this is some of this congressional stuff is so much bs but on the Republican side, they've called several witnesses, and Republican congressmen are making statements, but they're asking questions of the witnesses talking about the situation on the border. Mm -hmm. And they've had they've had sheriffs of border counties. They've had uh, you know people with the uh, um, border uh, patrol and the various officials that are talking to them. And then you'll hear the Democrats come on, and all the Democrats do, or at least from what I've heard, Adam Shifty Schiff, uh, pencil neck, was earlier. I didn't hear him ask a question. And all he talked about was the, that the Republicans were basically saying that, uh, you know, Schiff was saying these are all people who are trying to escape tyranny in other countries. They're asking for asylum. They're families trying to save their lives. And then, you know, the next witness would come up and the Republicans, you know, would go, well, what do you, you know, what are the facts on this? And the, you know, and the witnesses are talking about, well, actually 93%, okay, 93% of the people, or at least that they know, yeah. have come across there's a bunch of them they you know they don't know 93 percent of them are not families and people trying to escape tyranny uh and asking for political asylum or well they may ask for it but then they don't follow through with it right and so they're saying that if you really want political asylum you have to follow through and you know, if you have a good case, well, you're you're going to get it because people have in in the past, but they you know they don't show up. And then there's all the fentanyl that's coming across the border, all of you know. There's people coming across we don't even know where they're from. Mm -hmm. You know, the numbers are huge, and and there's human trafficking. You know, uh, well, the conspiracy side of it, I think, and I think I've said this before is I, I think that uh, a lot of the people that are coming over are basically uh, militants and they're a part of cells that are going to gather once they get here, probably oh, already have. Sure. And at the right moment, right time, they will be assisting whomever in the overthrow, land overthrow <clears throat> of this nation, which we have said, see, this is the thing. We as America have been uh, blessed by natural borders, massive bodies right. of water. And we have allies in the North and South, but the South ally, so to speak, Mexico, uh, they're loose. <laughs> they're a sieve. There's not there's not much of anything it takes to get through Mexico. The, the, the corruption on the government level is on par with the United States. <laughs> I would what? say it the other way around. Might even but, be worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, but but th that's the thing. So now all of a sudden you have uh, you have the real potential for a complete and total land invasion and and the thing is if you have insurgency in the interior of the country sure then right e at that point you can launch an offensive against the united well, you states you can certainly do i mean you know the united states is so huge but there there have been thousands upon thousands of people come across and you don't know we don't know where they are who right. they are we don't know for sure what they brought with them um we just know that you know, they're, you know, that they're here. We assume that they're here because people are getting across. And 
even though Mayorkas and the Biden administration say the border is closed, which they continue to say that, mm-hmm. it's a matter of semantics. You know, yes, the gate's down. Okay. Right. <laughs> but there's all kinds of different ways to get in. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, there's a 20,000-foot wall. Right. And there's, uh, you know, some select gates that you can just close and be done with it. No. Not at all. Yeah. And so that's the thing the Republicans are saying is that, you know, it's, it is, well, in fact, the the governor of Texas, of course, has already said we're being invaded. Right, right. And that's why he's got the, the uh, Texas, the DPS troopers down there and Texas Rangers, cops, not the baseball team, uh, patrolling the borders and seeing what they can seeing who they can grab and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But it is an absolute mess down there. A mess. It is a mess. And and you're absolutely right. These people are coming in, and we don't know, you know, who they are, what they're going to do. A lot of them aren't coming. They're coming through Mexico. Right. But they're not coming from, from Mexico. Exactly. 90% and, uh, of them and, probably aren't Right, and a lot Mexico. of them aren't even coming from Central America like that. I mean, there are a bunch from overseas, from yes. Europe. Right. Tons. Exactly. And yes. you know, and this is the problem is that generally speaking, you're not looking for Europeans when you're looking to catch people as when you're thinking illegal aliens. For example, the citizenry of the United States, understanding the border crisis that's going on down in the south, if you were going to try to be a good citizen, not that it would matter, but if you're going to try to be a good <laughs> citizen and report an illegal alien, you're not probably reporting on you know, Igor from Norway. Right. <laughs> you probably don't. I mean, there's just, and maybe this is racist. I don't know. I think the just natural assumption, if people are coming in from Mexico, you assume they're Central American in at least. Yes. Right. At li- right. And so, uh, so I think that's another massive problem is that the, you, these are folks. And, and if it's like any other, see, the thing is when I say things like this, conspiracy, terrorist cells, things like that. I think people would generally go, roll their eyes, conspiracy theory. Like this is something that's not real. I mean, terrorist cells are incredibly real. Mm-hmm. They are just, they just are. Sure. And so what, sleeper cells. Sleeper and they, cells. Yeah. Why right. wouldn't this be the case? Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, we have China buying up land, land. In this country, legally. Now, yeah. they're trying to put a stop to that in Congress. Some Republican senators and Congress people are uh, going to make an effort to make it illegal for foreign entities right. to purchase land in the United States, or at least to use federal funds, like applying for a grant from the Farm Service Administration or you know various other... Right get a loan from the federal government in order to purchase the land and to help the sales go through and all that kind of stuff. China has, and other countries, you know, their Russians have, have bought up land. China's gotten a lot of it. China there has are, a lot of Oklahoma land. China does have a lot of Oklahoma land and other countries uh, do as well. And, and so there is concern as to what sure. they're doing on the property. On, on the property and whether that is doing something completely illegal right? or, you know, maybe they're doing something. I mean, you know, people have said all kinds of things, you know, that maybe this is where some of these terror cells are going to be based. Sure. Why would you know, they with be? some of the, the land that has been acquired or maybe they're doing who knows what? Yeah. Uh, that's the point. They we look, don't know. Exactly. We don't know what's going on. And, and there's, that's that's the concerted effort, and it's not like China doesn't have money to spend. I mean, you can you can right. spend the three hundred, four hundred thousand U.S. per person in terms of paying a sleeper cell that goes to their family or whatever, and then all of their needs while they're here are met. If they survive at all, they're set up back at their home country or whatever. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I can figure that out. Right. <laughs> so hopefully right. the NSA. Uh, CIA and FBI doesn't care, but but hopefully the NSA and the CIA might have a dog in the hunt because you know what are they going to do if the country goes kaput? Well, you know sometimes you you know you kind of wonder about some of that, but some of these 
you know, and we've talked about some of them here, you know, conspiracy theories involving the deep state. Right. And, I mean, you know, they're trying to... Could be on board. Right. For what, whatever reason. And I'm not sure exactly what that would be. But, you you know, you wonder about, you know, some of these really ultra-rich people that keep, like George Soros, spending all this money to install liberal district attorneys in some of these liberal cities yeah. that, that they have a revolving door of people being arrested and then basically turning right around yeah, what and is, walking out. What is the motivator on that except for the complete and total dismantling of the United States? I I, I don't know. I that, mean, that that's would seem... Yeah, yeah, Be, because it makes no sense. And, and, of course, you know, more and more people are starting to get wise to this. And um, so I... You know, and and uh, hopefully there'll be some of these people will be defeated in their reelection bids. You know, something like that, because you know some of the great cities in America have gone completely to hell. Right. You know, um, San Francisco is a cesspool. Right. Los Angeles, New York City, Chicago. I mean, they all have Washington D.C. They all have right. tremendous issues, whether it be societally or violence. And, you know, in some of these cities have some of the strictest gun laws on the books. Sure. But continue to have shootings, and most of them with gangbangers shooting at mm -hmm. each other. And yeah. for the most part, missing, or at least not killing each other. You know, there was a thing uh, the other day where a uh, car drove by. There was a party going on. I think this was out in California. I, you know, there's been so many, I, you know, I kind of lose. But the windows came down, all four windows came down in this car. And uh, guns poked out of all four windows and they just started shooting. And uh, there were, I think, about 10 people that were hit. And two or three were uh, seriously wounded and everybody else, you know, were they were wounded but not life-threatening. Yeah. Uh, something like that. But, I mean, you know, the lawlessness has gone. And some of that, you know, some, and then there's some places are all of a sudden some of these crimes that used to put you away for 20 years, you know, you're not even jailed for 20 minutes. Right. And uh, the decriminalization of some what used to be serious felonies aren't, now, yeah, violent crime. This is one of the things. If you look at Chicago, and I think Chicago and New York both are doing this for sure. I don't, I don't know everywhere else, but um, you look at these violent crimes that are the no cash bail uh, things. Some mm -hmm. of them include murder, right? Um, but you know what? None of those laws that they took off were there wasn't a single drug offense. Not a single drug offense yeah. was included in that no cash bail. So, <clears throat> so there, it's still illegal. To possess more than X amount of narcotics, well, so not narcotics, but like uh, like marijuana, for example. If you have more than a certain amount, you're going to go to jail. And sorry, you know, if, because here's a problem with the legalization of medical marijuana throughout a lot of the country. Uh, some places it's recreational. It's still a federal law. The thing is, just like Sam's Club and Costco, some people want to buy in bulk. Right. And they don't want to keep making runs right. down to the weed store. Right, right, right. You know? Right. Yes. You know, and, and and the other thing, you know, and this is this is just like, you know, I'm like you people. But there have been some places, New York is one, probably Chicago, L.A., places like that, where they're touting, you know, the uh, the mayors, people like that, are saying, man, our you guys keep talking about how crime is rampant, but our serious crimes have gone down. <laughs> and the reason people are pointing out, uh, the re you know, they're saying, well, we have less felonies committed now than we had before. <laughs> the reason, of course, is... You don't have convictions. No. Oh. You don't have... But you're right. No, you but don't, you don't have, have arrests in the first place. <laughs> because some of these crimes that used to be classified as felonies yeah, are, are now misdemeanors. Right. And so they're saying, well, I mean, sure, the guy beat the cat, beat the crap out of some woman, but, but that's, just a that's not a felony anymore. That's just a misdemeanor. On par with jaywalking. So, right. And so, <laughs> sure, our, our felonies have gone down because we've made some of the 
for want of a better term, more popular felonies are now misdemeanors. Right. So maybe they could say, well, our felonies have gone down. Our misdemeanors are kind of edging up there. Right. But, I mean, you know, most people say, it's a misdemeanor. It's no big, like you said, it's on par with jaywalking. You yeah. pay a ticket and, you know, and you're you're good. And used to be if you didn't pay a ticket, well, that was a big crime. But now it's like, bad. Ah, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't, yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it is a, a, a mess. It's a big mess in the country right now. Did we talk about uh, the Republicans' uh, tax thing last week? Uh, well, we, we talked about it. You and I talked about it a little bit in our post-pod discussion. I don't think so. Well, I want to talk a little bit about that today, if you're all right with that. Well, and it'll be interesting to see what, how this shakes out because Kevin McCarthy and Grandpa Joe, once he gets up from his nap, are uh, going to have a meeting today to talk about some of that. It'll be interesting for sure. Well, so a couple things. Uh, that I think are interesting that I haven't heard. One thing I haven't heard anybody talk about. Um, so for those who are uninformed, the Republicans put forth a bill that in the bill says they're going to they abolish the IRS, or basically abolish income tax, maybe not the IRS. Abolish income tax. Um, I don't know if it's for every citizen and company or just for citizens. I don't know. But anyway, they're going to abolish income tax for the average person. And uh, go to a flat sales tax of the bill says 23%. And this is strike number one against the Republicans. And to be quite honest, this is one of those things that really pisses me off to no end about the establishment Republicans, assuming it was an establishment shill who wrote the bill, because I don't know who wrote the bill. I'm going to guess probably not. It wasn't an establishment shill? Uh, That's what I'm going to guess. Well, whoever wrote it, you guys suck. And here's why. You say 23% because you want to do funny math and make it look better. That pisses me off because it's $30 for every $100 you spend. And simple math, Randy, what is that? 30%. That's correct. But what they decide to do is say the government's take is $30 out of $130, which is what, Randy? 23%. You got it. So that stupid math they decided to do, and that, that pisses me off because it's disingenuous. If nothing else, it's just disingenuous. The average person is going to look at that and go, oh, so $23? And like, no, 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 it's $30 for every $100. Well, you said it's 23%. Well, yeah, that's our take after that is applied. Hey, stupid. Right. Anyway, so the other thing is 30% on every, you know, th- <clears throat> $0.30 cents per dollar is too much, in my opinion, because um, it, it's a consumption tax. We have to consume. And I say we have to consume. Not everything, of course, but some things we have to consume. Um and so here's here's my thing. I think it's going to be uh, devastating if the, if the Republicans pass it, and the Democrats will have to go along with it, and Joe Biden would have to sign it for that to happen. And so it's not going to happen. Well, it might not. But here's the thing: it actually, I think, the end result of it works to the favor of the Democrats because I think it will devastate families. Right now, it'll devastate families making household incomes making less than a hundred thousand a year. Devastate them. Because the price of goods aren't going down. And so eggs right now are astronomical. Now let's add an additional 30% to that cost. And people can say, yeah, but you won't have income tax. Here's the problem. A lot of, if you make $26,000 a year, I mean, that's obviously tiny amounts of money. But if you make $26,000 a year, you're not taking, you're not getting federal withholdings anyway. So you're not paying federal income tax on $26,000. You're not even, it's not even getting out of your check. So you're getting all that money already. So it's not like you're going to see some increase in pay. But you are going to see an increase in the price of eggs. And so, obviously, at 100000 you're going to have some taxes withheld, but it will not offset that 30%. So, I think that's going to be very problematic because that represents, I think, under 250000 a year represents 97% of America. 97% under 250000 a year household income. So... Ouch! I think it's going to hurt the Republicans in a big way because even though the Democrats will sign off on it, they're going to they're going to just you don't doesn't matter if the Democrats make it happen. Joe Biden's getting out anyway, so if Joe Biden signs it, no big deal for the Dems. The Dems only have to say, well, it's a Republican-controlled Congress. You can't blame us. It's a Republican bill. You can't blame us, except because of a few outliers here. And then come twenty twenty four, you're going to have a I don't know. It'll be a massive thing, but it will be a win for the Dems in in the long run. And and I. 
I do think here's the other thing. It will be, I think it's a better way to tax in general. Fundamentally, and a consumption tax is way better than an income tax. The problem is you typically wouldn't, shouldn't implement a consumption tax at the height of a recession. <laughs> wow. Maybe you should consider doing it, uh, you know, like 2018 yeah. would have been a great time. <laughs> so, uh, but, I, you know, really, I'm going to disagree with you a, a little bit there because I, I really, despite, you know, your belief there, and it really you know, with the way the Democrats are, maybe that is what they're thinking. So I could certainly be wrong about this, but I don't think they'll support that. And, uh, I think the, and the Republicans, even though they are certainly trying to get a lot of things done or undone that grandpa Joe put in place, right? there's a lot of it that I don't see a lot of hope for some sure. of it, maybe because, uh, you know, Joe Manchin has weighed in on a couple of issues that he, likes and mm -hmm. is going to support but uh, now you know they have to have uh you know since since they the democrats actually have a majority in the senate that it's not tied and then kamala with the uh right. the, with the the vote that would break the tie the democrats actually have a majority they don't um so I think that's going to be difficult to get some of this past the Senate. Mm -hmm. And then Grandpa Joe, unless one of his handlers whispers in his ear, you need to sign this. Well, Joe's going out anyway. and Well, but not for two more years he's not. I mean, unless I, I, un unless they take him out and he, they make him resign, but then Kamala's there. Okay, right. But I'm just saying, though, you don't think the current state... I mean, you've got Democrats across well, it's, all, all both it's possible and that Senate they could use the twenty fifth, yes, the twenty fifth amendment, amendment, absolutely, or they could talk him into resigning. Resigning. I think one of those two things absolutely happens, but absolutely until it does, happens. it hasn't. And so, know, you know, this is being talked about in Congress now, and at the moment, I just I think it's, you know dead on arrival as they say i i i think on its face you're right i just don't think that it, the face value is what we're looking at here so i don't disagree with you i i just think that you know i mixed in my opinion with with mm -hmm. what i think is strategy at the same time my opinion is is the part that i think is devastating for people who make under two hundred fifty thousand a year and more for families under a hundred thousand a year um and i think <laughs> that there could be an here, here's why i think what I think is likely is a modification of that bill that will pass. Now that's and and that that makes sense to mm -hmm. me. And and then I th what I can see the the logical modification is people who do not buy luxury items do the consumption tax or are 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 subject to a flat income tax. People who do buy luxury items are exempt from a flat income tax, but have a luxury tax. Now what would this is just logical? If you say Household income is making over a certain amount, let's say two hundred thousand for the sake of this conversation. The people making over two hundred thousand a year are often creating jobs. They're creating opportunity for people to earn. Mm -hmm. So those folks are going to spend money on that as well as buy boats and cars and high ticket items and pay that consumption tax. People who make less than that are not creating jobs anyway. They're just working jobs. So you're not really giving anybody a tax break. You're just changing how they pay their taxes. The the people making less than two hundred thousand do it on the income side. Now, people who are making one hundred and ninety thousand are incredibly incentivized to get that little bit more, right? Or or period. It's like a it's like an incentivizing piece where you want to not pay income tax anymore, then earn your way up over this certain level. And so I think that it's a win across the board if you can find a way to to apply that in such a way that. And, and by the way, the flat income tax needs to be like 18% for the people making less than 200,000, we'll say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then here's the deal. Here's, here's the thing. Everybody wins a joint. Think about this. If you a come, joint, not everybody wins a joint, oh, a, okay. a joint effort is what I was going to say okay. between uh, Republicans and Democrats to modify this bill. Everybody wins. Cause 
because if it, a person who hates it gets to blame both parties, a person who loves it blames both parties. So it's a no, it's a net zero gain for really anybody, which equals a win in today's climate. If you have a, a positive overall change, I say positive. Well, a lot of people would probably be in favor of, if not abolishing the IRS, severely cutting back their funding and right. something well, like that. Well, you don't that. need I mean, an IRS get... at all if you have a flat tax of 15% <clears throat> Because it's going to be automatically deducted. There. Right. It's just like, right. you know, it's just like what we have today with like the paying... city and local. Exactly. Sales, sales tax, right. But the other thing in all this, and this is the thing that nobody's talking about, and I think this one is really interesting. So nonprofits survive off of donations for the most part. Donations that if you were a 501c3 nonprofit are tax deductible. If you eliminate the IRS, and even if you eliminate income tax for those making over 250000 your large donors are de-incentivized to give to nonprofits, i.e., 501c3s my guess and it's pure guess is they will they will suffer 70% loss across the board because i think the the driving force behind the largest not not the is total to number get the tax is write to off. get the tax write off sure. that's the driving force for a lot of people who give well so maybe and i you know this is part of our conversation uh last week by the fireplace right uh, maybe you don't abolish the IRS, you cut them back a little bit, and then maybe with some of the uh, wealthiest people or people who are involved in in contributing large sums of donating large sums of money, mm -hmm. maybe they do the income tax. Maybe, and that's where they get so they continue to get a tax write off, and so continue to donate to uh, those charitable causes or, you know, work it out in some way. I'm certainly I just don't think it's a, a priority. Guy. Here's the thing, though. I don't think it's a priority of the government to help 501c3s at all. And more importantly, I think that this is a great way to cripple 501c3s without addressing them at all. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, well, well you know. <laughs> you know, I it'll be interesting to see how some of that shakes out. Because, um, you know, it's not it's not the best, probably, PR move for anybody who's in Congress to write something that is going to screw things like St. Jude. Right, but here's the deal, Their colleges and universities. But, but here's the thing. Agreed. But they're going to say, we didn't screw you. We didn't see. You're yeah, the, and the people are going to say, well, oh, yeah, you did. No, well, and so you're out of there. I don't know. I don't think that's the case because I think it, it's a, it's not a clear, decisive trail to that, that particular write-off. They're, they're going to say, look, we're just trying to help the average American have more money to give. They're going to well, say, you, you already can... have more money to give. And the thing is, is that the because here's the deal. The person giving to a 501c3 will never own... They're not saying I do it for the write-off. They do it for the kids. They do it for my church. Well, that's they what do they it. say. Exactly. But that's what they're, no, that's they're exactly. doing it for the tax write-off. But here's, that's exactly my point. So how is government going to be blamed for that? If you're doing it for the kids, keep doing it for the kids, you liar. I'm just saying it's the, the straight line is to the donor themselves. It's not to the government who took away something because the government didn't take away anything. They helped everybody. That's yeah, their they, argument. That's right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saying it from their perspective. And, you know, some people, I think, will see PR through that well, because the government doesn't do anything okay, for the people. I agree. The government, all they do is screw the people. I agree that a lot of people will see through it, but they will have mass media on their side. They will have... Uh, they will have social media on their side outside of individual posters. And and then they have the dumbing down of America on their side. The, oh, well, the ability for America to critically think and realize that this thing affected this thing and care about it, by the way, because you know, let me tell you who's going to care about it. <clears throat> the leaders of those organizations. That's it. Hmm. You're not talking about the Cause, cause if you okay, let's take a church, a church that has a lot of donors who are giving out of, for the tax write-off, not giving out of their guts that says, hey, I just want to give to support this, okay? So let's say that there's Church A that does this, and then they stop giving because there's no tax write-off, then 
Then most well, of them know, aren't going to care. And if they are going to care, who do they blame? They stopped giving. They <laughs> they may not completely stop giving. Right. It'll just be diminished. It'll be diminished. And that will be the, the thing is as long as there's enough to keep it going but not keep it effective, that's a government win. Mm. And, uh, you know, you, so that, okay. <laughs> hey. That may happen. You know, you I don't it. know. I mean, a lot has to happen. Right. And, I, you know, it's probably all going to be a moot point anyway because it's all, you know. It's all going to burn. It's all going to burn <laughs> when Rudy Tootie hits the red button, and that'll be that. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it, it and, and who knows, you know, what's going to happen. You know, there's all kinds of headlines that they're going to. You know, we, last week we were talking about them saying they're going to nuke Berlin, and right. now they want to, you know, there's talk that the Russians are going to deploy these hypersonic right. missiles that is uh, that five minutes after Rudy Tootie hits the button, yeah. New York will be hey, uh, and, in a mushroom cloud. And I want us to... Can't really, can't really <laughs> respond in five minutes. I know. So. I, I, want, I do want to talk about that here in a second, but I want to just wrap this, this, this tax thing up real quick because... Uh, for some people who listen, they know that I run a 501c organization. So this is not me ranting, in fact, about this. In fact, uh, Lori and I decided about 13 years ago, we stopped giving uh, anything but cash to organizations because we when we give it anonymously. Because I told her, so this is, my point is, this is 13 years ago. I said, I want our giving to be because we choose to give. I don't want it to be any kind of motivation on the tax side of it because one day that could go away and I don't even want to think of it in those terms. So I say that to say, look, you know, for anybody, you know, thinking about my motivation, man, I, it's it's 100% just what I think will happen based on experience. It's not a gripe. It's it's not a complaint because I actually don't think anybody should be giving for the tax donation. <laughs> I think you should give because you feel like it's the right thing to do. You don't get a tax write-off when you give your neighbor a hand with his car. Right, you don't get a tax. You might get a bottle of scotch. You though. might get a bottle of scotch, but you don't do it for the or, bottle of scotch. Or uh, like my uh, my coaching friend out of New Mexico, a nifty uh, uh, sweatshirt. Yeah, but let's do the math on that. That sweatshirt may have probably cost twenty nine ninety nine, and believe. it cost her probably zero. She actually, she actually she bought, bought them, them at wow. a uh, at Good the for campus. Uh, Even more to store. the point. Yeah. Even more to the point. She did. She did something. Now, she might. Of her she heart. might. She might have expensed it. I, you know. I don't know. It, either but. way, you see my point, though. I, what I'm getting at is that people giving of themselves at the core. We do it all the time, and so I believe if you're an organization worth giving to, you'll have. If you're not, you're not. And so, to me, I actually think it's a really good thing <laughs> for organizations to be crippled because the motivation to give being switched, and basically where the only motivation left is the goodness of your heart. And when that happens, I think we're going to see better nonprofits in general. Well, so, maybe we will can kind of weed out the uh, yes, the, you know, the bad ones or the ones that are ones that are clearly laundering money. Worth uh, supporting. I mean, because BLM was well, a five hundred one c three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's all sorts of levels to that. But uh, anyway, I just want to make sure <laughs> anybody who was listening knew my my motivation, and it was that. And like I said, I actually do think it would be a good good thing for that. I think it would be a good thing right now if if they did abolish the tax write off for giving to organizations. Period. I think that's a that's a good thing. Keep the government as far away from that as possible, because to me, the the idea of giving that write off would be the it's almost the equivalent of the government subsidizing social uh, programs without the government subsidizing social programs. So given that. Most 51c3s, if not all, have a mission to somehow help our culture and our society. Well, you know, if they if they were to abolish some of that, and this, I don't know what I know. Kevin, like, like we talked about, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, is meeting with Grandpa Joe today to talk about the debt ceiling and getting our budget somewhat under control. Right. Well, one way to raise more money is to get rid of Subsidies? these tax breaks. Well, you could, yeah. You know, and being able sure. to write stuff off. If people still don't, they're not going to be able to write it off their taxes. Right. So there, that's more money coming in sure. to the government, uh, and that will help pay down the debt, or at least so it's not increased by as much to pay for some of these things that are... 
going on. But I, you know, I don't know. I mean, well, but- Grandpa Joe has said he doesn't want to negotiate with. Yeah. Uh, the Republicans and Kevin McCarthy has gone up. And <laughs> Hold on, just said, to be really clear, he said he doesn't want to negotiate with the Republicans. And I don't know if you remember his inauguration address about you know working with both sides. Uh, anyway, he must not yeah, remember it either. No, uh, that he's not going to go negotiate. But Kevin McCarthy has really t- taken the high road in this. He was on one of the Sunday shows, maybe all of them. I just saw him on one where he was talking about that he really wants to sit down with the president and talk rationally and talk about, you know, here's the situation, here are things, here are some ideas I have, here, let me hear some of yours. Surely there's some common ground Mm -hmm. that we can find where we can come together on some things and eliminate some things, keep other things, Raise the debt ceiling. McCarthy has said that, you know, we we cannot walk away from bills we have to pay. Sure. And uh, I think, well, I probably everybody doesn't realize that. But realistically, it's something we just cannot do as a nation to default on, you know, the bills that we need to pay. But at the same time, we can't just keep printing money. Right. And we, we can't just keep, you know, and, and right now, you know, there's all of this money that's been spent on various COVID things that a lot of people don't know where exactly it's gone. Right. And there are billions and billions of dollars that apparently are lost out there or that, you know, people aren't sure, you know, there were... The bill that was written was kind of nebulous in exactly what it's supposed to go for. And when you don't specifically say, this is going to go to this, this is going to go to that, Mm -hmm. even sometimes when you do specifically say that, it doesn't wind up there. But when you leave some wiggle room in there, it's going to go all different places that you had never intended that money to go. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to find out where some of this is and maybe they can bring, and I think that's something else that McCarthy is going to bring up with the president today. Let's see about bringing some of this back mm-hmm. because there's a lot of it. Some people say it hasn't even been spent. It's just sitting there waiting, you know, to go somewhere. And then others are, and then there's other parts of it that they just don't know where it is. Yeah. That it went somewhere into somebody's pockets, I suppose, but they're not sure where. And so we need to get a better handle on that also. Yeah, that you know, you were talking about uh you know, common ground and and uh, McCarthy and Biden finding common ground. There was a uh, a freshman member of Congress and I can't think of his name. I believe he is from South Carolina. He is a Democrat. And I can't, like I said, I can't think of his name, but I've seen a couple of his videos. And something interesting that he's done is he's basically, um, what's the right word? Uh, cataloging his journey from candidate to elected official to being sworn in to his daily process. And so he's putting these videos out. And it's been really interesting because he's trying to be transparent. And I will give him props for this so far. He's got me snowed if, if he's full of crap because what he's he's some of the things he's talked about doesn't really paint him in a great light but it's it's honest and and so i give him props for that but one of the things i found very interesting his last post he said he said um because i'm following him now but he said i i want to bring this to light he said you know when you come to washington you you've heard of certain people and and so you have you've seen them on tv or whatever you've heard them so you have these preconceived notions and he said I, I was wrong. There was a another member of Congress who's high profile. I didn't want to give his name, but he said, I bumped into him. We're going past this little aisleway in the chambers that's really narrow, and you always bump into people, like literally trying to pass each other. So bumped into each other, and I thought, oh, great. You know, here's a guy. You know, we're going to have nothing in common. And he's, he introduced himself. He said, I tried to just, you know, be nice. He introduced himself, and he said, we got to talking. And he said, man, I, I kept thinking to myself, I could work with him on this and this and this. And he said, so I just want to say I was wrong. And I don't know why he puts out this persona on TV, 
but he is genuinely a good guy and we could work some things out, I think. And I think it'd be good. Now, a couple takeaways from that one. I appreciated just the fact that he said I was wrong and I'm going to try to do my best to not prejudge anybody. Right. Yeah. Um, two, <laughs> I hate that the member of Congress probably if it's high profile and he didn't think he's going to work with him probably represents, uh, the, the Republicans, which probably means that, generally speaking, they're going to be more along the lines of something I would agree with, even though I don't agree with a lot of Republican stuff. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, so he's a liar because <laughs> the persona he's putting out is one well, way, possibly. It could just be interpretation. I was going to say, you know, because the media, you yeah. know, you know, when, when somebody says something, you know, the media, the legacy media, yeah. paints it in a certain with a broad brush of criticism and, you know, flame throwing and, and just saying, right. you know, look at this, you know, he's all this kind of stuff with some hateful language and that, and that sort of thing. When in reality, that might maybe wasn't what he meant at all. Right. Well, this you is just why take it the wrong way. I think this is why I think it's good to regardless. I mean, I think if every member of our, all of our elected officials, we're kind of forced to be in a platform in the social media platform space in the similar way that this guy was. And I say forced, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to compel them, but I'm just saying if they all did that, they can still be full of crap, but they're not, it's not going to be nearly as produced and finished as a news piece that is designed to get me to think a certain way. Yeah. You know, they're going to, yeah. more than likely these folks are going to slip up in this way or that way. And they got to hold true to their concepts and belief. And this really comes back to Trump and the way he used Twitter um, good, bad, or indifferent, you kind of felt like what Trump was tweeting out was it was at, you knew it was absolutely Trump. It wasn't some other person, right? It was right, him. Right, yeah. And so there was there was some massive value to that, really, for anybody's perspective. If you hated Trump, there was tremendous value because all of your preconceived notions, all of, or all of your 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 hates towards the man were probably reinforced every time he tweeted for those who supported him you were like yes this is why i love this guy so at least it was honest and if you could if every elected official was in that space and they had the opportunity and there's a ton of them that are i'm not saying that but i think a lot of them are still very publicist driven uh sure you know they have folks and, going no you can't tweet that Senator. right and and there's uh you know they have to in order to get Reelected, right? Uh, and 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 Congress people, you know, are really have their feet to the fire because they're they go up for reelection every two years, right? Senators have a little more room to do some things because it's every six years with yeah. them. But you say sometimes, you know, publicly, what you're saying has to be kind of tilted one way, and then privately, you can move back toward the center mm -hmm. and try to actually get something done. And hopefully that's what we'll, we'll have here. I mean, you know, politics used to be, I think it's gotten really um, kind of, it's, it's really gone to some of the extremes, you know, when people right. are saying things about each other or Democrats versus Republicans. And I've certainly been guilty of that a little bit myself, but, you know, back in the old days, people who were on different sides of the aisle and publicly, you know, they could get after each other pretty good. You know, I'm reminded about all the stories about President Reagan mm -hmm. and then Democrat Speaker of the House, Tip O'Neill. Mm -hmm. And they would go back and forth in a public situation or the president would rail against O'Neill and the Democrat House publicly, and O'Neill would do the same thing against the president. Later that evening, Ronnie and Tip are sipping scotch in the Oval Office right. and having a really good conversation about how can we get this done. Mm -hmm. and they had a mutual respect for each other and knew that each of them had to say certain things to keep their base from lighting them on fire. Right. But they also knew that we have to find a way <laughs> where we can come together, find common ground, 
and do something for the good of the country. Yeah. Man, this is why politics sucks, because it's full of liars. I mean, also, well, sure. ultimately, you're just, it's still disingenuous the whole time. And It is, and there's a lot of things that go into you know, that. It's, I mean, a lot of coaches <laughs> are that way. I know. You know, when you ask in a, in a news conference a coach about oh, something, yeah. you know, there's... There's a lot of uh, BS that I, goes around about that, and that's just kind of the way it is. I have found, uh, I have made an effort in my life to never be disingenuous, and it has cost me dearly. Um, but it hasn't cost me my integrity, and it hasn't cost me my soul. And I, and I think, you know, when I weigh it all out, I still sleep good at night. You know what I mean? I, I was thinking about this the other day because it was like, you just want people to be honest. And... I want people to be honest, even if I totally disagree with them, because I don't know. I just, I just want that. I mean, the thing about honesty is, is there's trust in that. This, I think what's really disconnected is that there's trust in honesty, even if you disagree. And I don't think people understand that just agreeing with somebody doesn't breed trust. It just, it, it creates a blind spot that, becomes incoherent with your actions because if you're not 100% honest all the time um I mean and I struggle this with Lori you know I mean my wife you think easy be 100% honest but when she's asking me about an outfit <laughs> and how she looks in something you know then then you have to you think about it well she knows I'm gonna be honest with her and and it's just reality in fact when she was asking about she's on a subscription-based thing now which is kind of interesting where they send her crap she can try it on and whatever she doesn't want to keep, she sends back. And it's a really cool thing because other people are picking out clothes for her and she doesn't have to think about it. It's kind of her modified version of my clothing plan, which is a plan of, you know, black shirt, jeans. <laughs> so, right. yes. so I don't have to think about it. Well, she doesn't have to think about it either. She just gets these outfits. Well, anyway, she'll ask me what I think. And I say, well, here's the deal. I, I don't generally know. If, you, if I like something, because I, I, what I explained to her is, I'm like, look, it's not about... Whether I like the outfit, it's you in the outfit. And so if it accentuates aspects of you that I am attracted to, which I can't even necessarily name, I can't some, of course, but... Um, you just can't say I'm here. Well, I, I could, but it'd be uncouth. So, <laughs> But my point is, you know, I'm still always honest with her, and she, she'll be the first to tell people. We go to dinner with a new couple, for example, and she'll say, oh, I don't ask Jeremy about how, the cooking. I don't ask Jeremy about my clothes unless I absolutely want to know the truth. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. My point is, is that, I, you know, this is what bothers me about politics so much because i want to be able to trust especially some of the guys i've met in person i'm like man i really want to trust you but i have no reason to believe i can it, other than just a gut feeling around them and just saying i feel like you're being honest but those guys don't often win you know i there was a dude running in oklahoma yeah. and and that speaks to the bigger problem i guess is what i would say um anyway okay so we got about uh, eight minutes or seven minutes left, and I wanted to ask you about the fifteen-minute cities. Um, the fifteen-minute cities. Yes. So my guess you is you mean fifteen minutes, and you're from one end to the other. Uh, I grew up in one of those. No, not that. Okay. So in uh, in uh, Great Britain, uh, in in uh, the UK specific uh, or the uh, uh, England specifically. Um, there are two cities, I think Cambridge is one, and I don't know the other one, uh, where they've divided the city up into six quadrants. I may have told you a little bit about this, but maybe not. They've divided the city up into six quadrants in the case of, I believe it is Cambridge. Um, and you, starting in 2024, you will not be able to travel freely from quadrant to quadrant, uh, unlimited. You, you can, but you have a certain number of vouchers per year that you can do that in. And what they're trying to do is to keep a person keep everything within 15 minutes walking distance of your location. So the problem is, of course, if you're on the border and your mom lives across the border, you can't just go there anytime you want, which is maybe not a problem for some people, but <laughs> for others it would be. So, so then you can get special permission from the government to travel freely. You can leave the city and come in. Every one of those quadrants has a free exit from the city, which is unlimited. All right, well, quickly, one thing. If you have to get special permission from the government to travel freely, then... You're, You're not, not traveling free. freely. I agree. Yes, hundred uh, percent agree with that. So, so here's the here's the crazy part. You can 
with no vouchers, no permission from the government, none of that, you can leave your quadrant out of the city, right? So imagine a, a circle with six, you just leave right. out. Yeah. So that means if you want to go to the city adjacent to you, you have to leave the city and come back around into if you're out of vouchers. They're doing this all in the name of greenhouse gas uh, emissions to cut down on emissions. But you're making people drive further when they could just cross over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Here's the thing. It's catching on. So Cambridge was the first city. It was happening in 2024. It's already passed. Like, it's going to happen. They're just implementing it by the time we get to 2024. Not sure how you deal with people who aren't from that city. Like, what do you do with that? But not my problem. Well, you could just eliminate people who aren't from that city. And maybe I mean, if you, if you already are saying you have to have a pass to get, well, you know, hey, you got to have a pass to come in. Or actually, they could just say, you know what? You don't live here. You Turn can't around. Come here. Yeah. See, ya. and they may do that. They or or they I mean, probably give them a limited number of visits or something. Who knows? See, th- this is this is the beginning of. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, you know, where where things I know exactly. like that. Yes. Nazi Germany, absolutely. Russia or the Soviet Let Union. Let me see your North papers. Korea. The other Let thing me is. See your so here's what's worse. Okay, that that came out. I I, I saw that. Uh, read about that about six weeks ago. So yesterday, I found out Canada is doing it in, uh, I can't remember where Canada's doing it. Canada's doing it. They're adding, they're doubling down. They're doing the same thing, and they're linking it to digital currency, which means if you're in violation, if you do cross over into another part, your money don't work. So huh. you can go and try to use your digital currency. Well, see, I wonder what, see, you know, and some of this, I, this just is so stupid. I wonder what business people think about this. Oh, I, they can't be remotely happy with it. I wouldn't or, think. Or arguably, because, some maybe are, because now people are forced to buy right there locally. However, okay, and that that maybe. may mitigate to some of it, but what you're eliminating is people coming in yeah. from other places because they like your stuff better. Right. <laughs> I think it's so you can't, yeah. can't do any of that. And I just think I what it means I have is a problem when the you're bad taking... will get bad, get worse, and the good will get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, you know, if you're already good and you're attracting yes. all these other people, you're gonna lose money. Well it's kinda so. like, you know, you go back to climate change, it's interesting. I Larry Elder has a radio show and he ran for president. He's a a black Republican, yeah. an endangered species, you might say, because they're the Democrats back, are all no, uh, back. the Democrats are out there. Oh, speaking of Democrat, Max, Maxine Waters, did you see that she paid her daughter almost two hundred thousand uh, dollars out of her campaign to have some make believe job. Uh, wow! <laughs> and well, we of course know but exactly nothing. Anyway, will Larry Elder justice in america was talking about the governor of california who may be the next president of the united states you never know god help us um but gavin newsom a few months ago when california was in a major drought was talking about this is all the fault of climate change global warming all of this we've got our state is drying up now we can't we can't get any (laughs) rain because of what all of these businesses are doing to the atmosphere. Well, now, of course, they're underwater in California. Yeah. And Gavin Newsom is out there going, see, this is climate change. It's all the fault of everything that we're doing. Right. It's so wet here now. We can't, you know, Larry, you Elder, know what? Larry Elder goes, oh, okay, I see, I see what he's doing there. It's uh, heads I win, tails, tails you, you lose. lose. Exactly. <laughs> And this is the stupidity, of course, of all of that is uh, even if climate change was real. And And I believe climate change is real. Even if man's emissions of carbon dioxide and the industrialization of this of the world is causing climate change to to a degree that is felt is what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Even if that is the case, um, the. The three countries who are not in play uh-huh. are producing 90% uh-huh. of the emissions. Right. So it just doesn't matter. Right, right, right. China, India, and, and Russia don't have anything to do with the accords. Right. And, and see, that that's why I think, you know, the 
the Paris Accords, you know, and everybody got all butthurt when Trump was like, screw you people. Right. And that point is, that's just kind of what you're saying there. Yeah. It's everybody else can do great jobs as being good stewards. And it ain't going to make a hill of beans. And the United States of America, when it comes to that, the United States of America is doing a better job, really, than just about any other country in the world. Definitely per capita. But, yeah. But China, Russia, India, and there's some others, too. But those are the big three they're not a part of that, you know, and they're all going. And they don't even care. And they don't care. They're like, That's ah. correct. They yeah. do not care. Yeah. And so until, so, and, and of course, you know, the parents, you know, they're not bringing them in. They're not upset. They're not making a fuss over China and Russia and India. But they got all upset that the United States was pulling out. And just because, by the way. The United States is pulling out of some stupidity of the Paris Accords doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're going to start belching <laughs> right. smoke out of every plant that, you know, we're going to continue to do what we've oh, been dude, doing. Oh, dude, no, the DuPont plant down in Podunk, wherever, said, you know, oh, we're people, out of the Paris Accords. Let's pull the filters. <laughs> oh, it's just unbelievable sometimes. It is, but, you know, as your friend Ron White says... People are stupid and you can't fix stupid. Yes, indeed, we're in All right, so uh, that's it for us. Be safe out there tonight if we do have some uh, ice. If not, reach into your refrigerator and put a cube in some really good bourbon or uh, something like that. Bedlam tonight, Cowboys and Sooners. Thunder basketball tonight also. They're down in Houston to play the Rockets. And then the Rockets will be in Oklahoma City on Friday uh, to uh, play. So that kind of runs down some of the top sports news uh, out there. <laughs> That's it. That's the amount of sports we covered today. There's some other things I, I wanted to get to. There's something fascinating going on, but we'll get into that maybe next week. I'll just kind of leave it there. I'm Randy Ritter. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. We'll talk to you again next week for another edition of Scatter Shooting. <laughs>